Hi, I'm Stephen Apt, and here at Divine Savior Church, we believe that the message of Jesus truly changes lives. And so it's my prayer that as you listen to this message, that it does change your heart, uh, that it brings you peace and hope once again today. After you listen to it, if you wouldn't mind subscribing and liking, uh, we'd be grateful for that so that more people can hear the message of Jesus. Thank you. This summer, we have been in this series called Disciples. And what we've been doing is, is we've been looking at the 12 disciples that Jesus called to himself, that he gathered to himself, that he poured into, he trained, equipped, and sent them out to go and preach the kingdom of God. Uh, it, if you've been with us through the series, you may have picked up on something uh, that uh, we haven't come out and said, but that has been subtly in there, is that we don't know much about these guys, if we're honest. Uh, when you read the pages of Scripture, unless if you have Peter, James, John, uh, some of those main ones, there's not a lot of information on these disciples. We can gather things from church history and, and historians and things like that, but the actual pages of Scripture have very little content on these disciples. And so maybe it begs the question, well, why are we doing this series then? <laughs> uh, if we're talking about the disciples, why do one if we don't know much about them? Because every page of Scripture tells us about our Savior Jesus. Every page of Scripture reveals to us our God. And what this series is designed to do is to look at these disciples and see how the grace of God is shown in their lives and in the interaction that Jesus has with them. And that's good news for you and me. Because when we look at the disciples on the pages of Scripture, even though we don't know a lot about them, we can relate to them. And the grace that Jesus has for them, he has for you and me as well. And so today we're looking at one of those disciples that, if we're honest, we don't know much about. Uh, we hear that his name, in John chapter 14, we hear that his name is Judas, not Judas Iscariot. There's another disciple named Judas who had a nickname, Thaddeus. Uh, Thaddeus literally meant breast child, which is not exactly the most flattering nickname, if, if we're honest. Uh, imagine if your friends walked around calling you breast child. Uh, but what, what is behind the nickname? Uh, probably a tender-hearted guy. He's a tender-hearted hearted man, and that's what we see in John chapter 14. Uh, we see the question that he poses to Jesus comes from a tender heart. And what he sees, what he receives, is an answer from a tender-hearted Savior. We're in John chapter 14, and what we're going to see is what, what Jesus promises, what our tender-hearted Savior promises to those who love him. John 14 is uh, an emotionally packed section of Scripture. Uh, Jesus knows he's going to die the next day. It's Maundy Thursday. The next day is Good Friday when Jesus dies on the cross. He knows it. He and his disciples are in Jerusalem. They're in the upper room, in an upper room of a house where Jesus has instituted the Lord's Supper. They've celebrated the Passover. He's washed his disciples' feet. And now he's pouring into them uh, his last will and testimony, so to speak. He's He's pouring into them the last words before he goes and dies. 
And what we see is Jesus has so much love in his heart for his disciples, so much care for them, that he, he wants to promise them all of these blessings. And that's what we see, a tender-hearted Savior in John chapter 14. Here's what we're told. We're going to look at, start with verse 15 through 21. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Let's stop right there. Our tender-hearted Savior, what does he do right away? He says, if you love me, keep my commands. So your first point today, the tender-hearted Savior defines love. If you love me, keep my commands. Uh, later on in verse 23, he's going to say, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Uh, the Greek word for keep and obey is the same exact word. It's a word, tereo is a Greek word. It means to safeguard. Uh, it means to keep watch over, to treasure something so uh, much that you keep it close to you and you protect it. And yes, because you treasure it so much, you obey it, you listen to it. Jesus says, if you love me, if you truly love me, keep my commands. Obey my teachings. Do what I say, Jesus says. Now, that may seem harsh, but this plays out in everyday life. And, and you see it so clearly in marriage. I'll give you an example. Imagine I come home from work. This never happens, by the way. Imagine that I come home from work, and I walk into my living room, I sit down on the chair, I take my shoes off, and I leave them there, right in the middle of the living room, and I go on about my day. They may work for one day, maybe two, but guess what Anne's going to say eventually? Can you put your shoes away? When you get home, if you want to take your shoes off, sitting in the chair, fine, but can you put them away? Because everything has their place, because that's how Anne is. Everything has its place, very organized, just put your shoes away. Now, I can respond in three ways. Number one, I can say, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I don't have a problem with them being there. I don't have a problem if they're just out. So and I'm just going to leave them there. If it really bothers her that much, she can put them away. Who am I loving in that situation? Myself. Option number two. I can take my shoes off. I can put them away, but in my heart think to myself, if this really bothers her all that much, she should just put them away. I can't believe I have to do this, and I can do it with a bitter attitude. That's not really loving, <clears throat> That's not really loving either, is it? Or option number three, I can think to myself, I cannot believe this woman loves me so much. Look at how much she cares for me, she does for me. This is an easy thing to do. I can easily put my shoes away, and that is love. 
that I'm going to do it because it makes her happy. And so I do what she says. That's love. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, do what I say. If you love me, obey my teaching. Let it impact your life and live it out. Treasure the word. Treasure my commands. Treasure my teachings so much that it's so close to your heart that you want to show your love for me through your life. That's what Jesus says love is. Now why is that tender-hearted? Why is that good news for you and me? Jesus is getting ready to leave his disciples, and, and this is tender-heartedness to say, if you love me, keep my commands. Yes. Why? Look at verse 21. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and show myself to them. Jesus is getting ready to leave physically. He's no longer going to be there. So how is he going to reveal himself to people? How is he going to show himself to people? Through the word. Through his teachings. And so your second point today. The tender-hearted Savior promises to reveal himself through his word. Or through his teaching. The tender-hearted Savior promises to show himself through his teaching. Now, the disciples aren't picking up on this, that Jesus is going to show himself through his word. They're still thinking physically Jesus is talking spiritually. And so this is when Judas, also known as Thaddeus, has that tender heart, and he asks this question. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? What's behind Judas's question? Probably two things. Number one, the disciples are still thinking that Jesus is an earthly Messiah. And so if he's an earthly Messiah, guess what he has to do? Be seen by others. Jesus, this makes no sense. If, if you're the Messiah, why are you going to show yourself to us? Why are you going to stay hidden when the world needs to see you? But also, number two, the disciples want Jesus to be known. Because what have they come to know from Jesus? Grace, peace, forgiveness, the authority of God. They want others to have Jesus. So, so why don't you show yourself to the world? And notice Jesus' answer. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and, will come to them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. It seems like Jesus just dismisses the question and doesn't answer it, but he actually does. Why are you going to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus first says, anyone who loves me. I want everyone to know me. But what's the process? Through the word. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, will keep my teaching, will treasure my teaching. 
And it's through the Word, through His teaching, that Jesus reveals Himself, shows Himself to you and to me. I suppose Jesus is God. He is. And so I suppose that He could reveal Himself, show Himself however He wanted. Could He sit up in the sky so that the whole world could see Him no matter where you are and He'd just hang out up there? Sure, He's God. He can do what He wants. But how has He chosen to make Himself known to you and to me? It's through His teaching. It's through His Word. It is only through the Word of God that you can know Jesus. And Jesus says, if you love me, you keep my, my word close to your heart, I will come and show myself to you. I will teach you all about me. I'll teach you about grace. I will teach you about forgiveness. I will teach you about your, uh, your relationship with your Father in heaven and how it's been repaired through me. I will show my love, my compassion. You will get to know me, but it's through the word. And if you don't keep the word, then those who don't, they don't love me. And we won't make our home with them. We won't be seen by them. But Jesus wants everyone to know him. But it's through the word. And when we keep that word close to our hearts, we not only want to keep it and treasure it, we want to live it. And so we have to ask ourselves, what is our attitude towards God's word? What is our attitude towards Jesus' teaching? What is the attitude in our hearts toward his commands? Do we settle for the intellectual knowledge? I know a lot. I can, re- I can tell you all the stories. I can tell you all the doctrine. But it has no effect on my heart. It has no change in my life. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my teaching. Jesus says, if you love me, don't just have head knowledge about me like the demons and Satan do, but let that teaching be so close to you, so safeguarded, treasured in your heart that you want to live it out. Let it change your heart. Let it change your life. Uh, This isn't the only place that Jesus talks about this. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says something that, that should really wake us all up to this. He says, Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom, but only those who do the will of my Father. Again, Jesus is saying, you can't just know intellectually the Bible. You can't just know, but it's those who treasure, who trust, who believe. And how do we show that that has, the intellectual has impacted the heart? It's shown in our lives. It's shown in our hearts, or shown in the way we live. What's your attitude toward the Word? Is it something that you know intellectually and not letting it impact your life? Is it something that you don't really make use of? You come to church on Sunday, maybe you listen, maybe you're just here, maybe you don't come regularly on Sunday, and and during the week there's no Word, you're not in the Word whatsoever. Jesus says, I only show myself, I only reveal myself to those who are in the Word. If we want to know Jesus, if we want Jesus to show Himself, we treasure that Word. We safeguard that Word. We keep the Word and we obey it. 
we obey it. Because that's how Jesus shows himself, reveals himself to us. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, Jesus says, and then the Father and I will come and make our home with them. Why us and not others? Why are you going to show yourself to us? Judas says, and and not to the world. And Jesus says, anyone who keeps my teaching. In other words, Judas, it's because you guys are keeping my teaching. You're keeping it. It's close to your heart. And whoever does that, I'll come and show myself to them. Now this is a daunting task, isn't it? If any of you have opened up the Bible and started reading it, uh, it's not always the easiest book to read. It's a daunting task. How will we know all this? How will we remember all this? How will we be guided in this? Our tender-hearted Savior promises to send the Holy Spirit. It's your next point. Look at what Jesus says in, in verse 25. All this I've spoken to while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus is leaving the world, but he's not leaving his disciples alone. He's going to send the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do? Two things. Teaches us all things and remind us of all things. It's the Holy Spirit that teaches you the Word of God as you open up Scripture, as you open up Jesus' teaching, and you're reading it. Who's teaching you what it means? The Holy Spirit is working in your hearts to help you understand. The Holy Spirit teaches you new insight into the Word of God. It's the Holy Spirit who continues to instruct you as you read the Word. And it's the Holy Spirit who reminds you of all things. As we go out and live our life, it's the Holy Spirit who reminds us of the teachings of Jesus. It's the the Holy Spirit who reminds us of what He has said and done for us. And one of the most important aspects of the Holy Spirit, His most joy that He gets to do, is remind you of a phrase that Jesus said in this section that we kind of just read over and probably glanced over. It's back up in verse 19. Because I live, you also will live. Now Jesus is talking about the resurrection, but what's wrapped up into that is that the Holy Spirit gets to remind us that what happens to Jesus happens to us. When we safeguard the word, when, we, when we're in the Word, when, when the Holy Spirit has worked faith in our hearts that Jesus is our Savior and we, we love the Word, we keep the Word, we live out the Word, what, what does our life become? So intertwined with Jesus' life that what happens to Jesus happens to us. And that's what the Holy Spirit loves to do. He loves to remind you of this, that what happens to Jesus happens to us. And what happened to Jesus? His whole life, here on earth. He loved. He loved God's word. He loved doing the will of the Father. He loved carrying out the commands. And the commands to him were not burdensome. And he did it perfectly. And what the Holy Spirit loves reminding you of is that what happened to Jesus happens to you. And Jesus was perfect. And so guess what? Because you're so intertwined with Jesus, God sees you as perfect as perfectly carrying out his commands. Because what happens to Jesus happens to you. What happens to Jesus happens to you. He loved 
carrying out the will of the Father so much that he went to the cross. He even laid down his life because it was the will of the Father. And he loved God that much. And the Holy Spirit loves to remind you what happened to Jesus happened to you. At the cross, you died. Not physically, but your sinful nature, all of your sin was crucified at the cross with Jesus so that it no longer is connected to you. Instead, it's been paid in full. And the Holy Spirit loves to remind you that because Jesus died, it means that your sins are forgiven because what happens to Jesus happens to you. And then he loves to come and remind you that because Jesus lives, you also will live. That the scariest thing that you and I face, death itself, no longer has power over us because what happens to Jesus happens to us and because Jesus lives, you also will live. This is what the Holy Spirit loves to come and teach you. He loves to come and remind you. And what's behind all of this? Jesus' love for you. Jesus' love for you. And Jesus, the tender-hearted Savior, gives us the Holy Spirit who teaches us and reminds us of all things, and then he leaves us with what? The tender-hearted Savior promises peace. He promises peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. What is the peace that he gives you? A restored relationship with your Father. What's the peace that he gives you? Death no longer has hold over you. The peace he gives you, the forgiveness of sins, the peace he gives you, that no matter what this life brings, the God of this world is in control of all things. He loves you. He cares for you. He's brought you, he's going to bring you to his side because of Jesus. This is the love that he has for you. And we see the, the tender-hearted love of our Savior. And it's the peace he leaves us with. And it's because he's brought us this peace, it's because he's, he loved us in this way that we are inspired and motivated to guard that word, to treasure it. Because apart from that word, I can't know any of this. I can't know the love that God has for me outside of the word of God. And as I keep it, as I treasure it, as I see Jesus' love to me through the word, it inspires us to say, Lord, your commands are not burdensome. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on them day and night, and I want to live for you because I want to show the love that I have in my heart for you, Jesus, inspired by the love that you have for me. May God be with us as we carry this out. The tender-hearted Savior gives us his love that we may live it out in this world, and we show the love that he has for us as we live it in a world that so desperately needs the light of Christ. May God be with you as you grow in his love, you keep his teachings, and as those teachings work on your heart, it changes you to carry it out in this world. Let's pray. Gracious Savior, we praise and thank you for the love that you have for us. Uh, we know that love because on that night, as you're gave, giving us this word, uh, you were getting ready to be arrested and led to your death where you were crucified. It wasn't just any death, but it was a crucifixion uh, where you didn't just die, but you took on the sins of the entire world and you endured hell for all of us. Uh, because of your love that you had for us, we stand forgiven before our God. We stand with a repaired relationship. We stand with the peace knowing that uh, we have a God who's not against us, but is for us. 
It's because of your love that we stand uh, knowing that we are holy and loved in our God's sight. We thank you for that love. Uh, Now let that love motivate us to love you and to show that love by obeying your teachings and carrying out your commands in our life. Let your word transform our lives, uh, not because it earns us salvation, but because you have earned us salvation. We want to live for you. As we live out your word and and hold it near and dear to us, we know that you promised to come and make your home with us. We know that as we uh, keep that word close to our hearts, that you're going to reveal yourself and show yourself to us in ways that we still have not known. Uh, But it's when we continue to be in your word that you make your heart known to each of us. We thank you for that. Be with us, bless us, uh, and let us continue to love just as we've been loved. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message today. It's my prayer that uh, it has changed your heart as you grew in the message of your Savior, Jesus. Again, if you wouldn't mind liking and subscribing, we'd be grateful for that. God bless your day.